Hey Paul, welcome. This is Ajay here. I'm going to be your host and asking you the questions basically. Ajay, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. How are you today? Good, thanks. How are you today? Doing well, man. Doing well. We'll just hold on for the next five to six minutes, okay. and let's see how many people join in. So usually, what you have seen is we do have live audience, but then because it gets recorded, we put it up on Spotify, and there we get more views and more audience. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So we wait for next five seven minutes, and then we start this conversation. I I begin with an introduction about what is Founders Fifty Two all about, why we are doing, and then I pass it on to you, and we continue the chat. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Awesome. And you're dialing in from the US or No, I'm actually in Rwanda right now. I came to attend the inclusive uh fintech course, yeah. financial inclusion summit. Yes, yeah. yeah. How is it? Uh it's good. It's been good. Uh we today uh the president uh, Kagame spoke uh, and then there was also the president of Zambia. So it's really been big. Um I've been seeing like the major players on the continent. Um, yep. which also has brought a uh, cheaper cash to launch in Rwanda. So it's been big. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of good people from different parts of the world, regulators and, and fintechs and innovation guys, investors. There's there's a good mix of, healthy mix of good people there. So I hope it's it's fruitful for you. Yes, 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 yes. It is already. I've uh, had a few conversations with some uh, potential investors. And uh, yeah, it's good. And also not just potential investors, but in different markets um, where operational right now and who could potentially yeah. take us to more markets. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So right now, what, what markets are you guys in? You're just in, in, Nigeria, in, in Uganda or East Africa? How is it? So right now we're just in Uganda. Very cool. And and you live in Uganda or you live in the U.S.? Uh, I live in Uganda right now, like uh, like ninety percent Uganda right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And that's where you went to school, or you studied in the U.S.? Yes, I went to school. I was born and raised in Uganda. Moved to the U.S. in uh, twenty twelve, and then moved back to Uganda. Uh, I've been transitioning since uh, twenty twenty, so um, okay. I believe I'm pretty much done with the transitioning. As a matter of fact, I really don't have any attachments right now with the U.S. Like. Even when I go there, <laughs> I end up like staying in uh, hotels and Airbnbs. So I'm pretty much like now like just visiting. Very cool. Very cool. Of course, the, the big opportunity is, is where you are right now. Yes. I guess uh, East Africa as a region and Africa as a continent presents a, a massive pile of opportunity. And it's just about how committed you stay to that market and, and how you're able to pull through. The next five years are going to be super interesting. So for sure, you're in a in a good place. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, uh, this is where I'd rather be. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where action is. That's exactly where action is. Yeah. We're right in the in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think now Emmanuel. Emmanuel has joined us. I don't know if if you you guys have met each other or he's the one who got you, of course. Yeah. But have you guys met in person? Yeah, we've met on WhatsApp, and uh, probably very okay. soon we should be meeting in person. You must. 
must otherwise we're all meeting on on whatsapp on zoom calls on linkedin and we're all yeah 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 emmanuel i i'm just having like just just a conversation with with our friend and i'll begin in the next 5 minutes so the test is all good okay uh where are you aj i'm currently in mumbai i was in nairobi until last week for i was there for a week oh. but uh, back in mumbai uh, okay. this weekend traveling again in a couple of days to to toronto to canada oh, okay so, nice yeah well, but i'm there think... in east africa once in a quarter so i spent at least a month in a quarter in east africa okay that's interesting i've been to mumbai um in uh, 20 2015 I went to sometime back. Yeah. I, went, I I traveled to India in 2015 when I was just trying out like to start working on uh tech like best products. Very I cool. uh, yeah, I went to Mumbai, I went to Chandigarh, I okay. went to yeah, went to other cities, other provinces. Maybe it's time for you to visit again. You have friends as well. I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends. As a matter of fact, there is a number of like engineers that I still work up with, that I still work with up until today since um, since like we first met. Yeah, cool yeah. people. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. You have well, you know us as well now. Sorry? I said you know us as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. Very cool. So we just hang on for a couple more minutes and then we can we can jump in okay mm, all right sounds good so just putting myself on mute for a moment mm, okay i'll put my i mute myself too
over to Paul. A very quick introduction to who we are, what we do, and and why Founders Fifty Two. At Hindsight Ventures, we are an Africa-focused startup accelerator and entrepreneurship support organization. While we are headquartered in India and go by the name Startup Rezo, we started Hindsight Ventures about two and a half years back with a thesis to to work and support African entrepreneurs building in Africa for Africa. And as we rolled out multiple programs over the over the past 24 to 30 months with different stakeholders ranging from development finance organizations, universities, governments, corporates, and our own programs. we realize that the quality of entrepreneurship in in the continent is is high but at the same time there are a lot of stories out there to be told and stories not just of building unicorns and raising a ton of money the journey of entrepreneurship is one where you can actually learn a lot by hearing the stories of of entrepreneurs who have been there done that and this includes pivoting this includes hiring your first employee crossing borders and and building in a new market raising funds shutting down business exiting the company i mean all of these are part and parcel of your journey of entrepreneurship and i think for the better of of entrepreneurs who are who are building for the future of the continent it's very important to bring entrepreneurs who have had their journey they have a story to narrate and share so that there are many more people who get inspired and they take to entrepreneurship so rather than becoming job seekers how do you how do you get people to to become more aspirational and motivated to become job creators because that's what is going to solve massive problems in in emerging markets and that's why we decided upon founders 52 and as the name suggests 52 weeks in a year each week wednesday nights at 9 pm east africa time we have this free wheeling conversation with an entrepreneur who is building in africa for africa leveraging technology at the core of it but solving for different problems challenges supply chain fintech logistics healthcare so on and so forth and today we we are fortunate to have with us paul kirungi the the founder and ceo of zofi cash paul welcome thank you aj thank you so much uh, great stuff uh, good to learn uh, about what you guys doing at uh, hindsight ventures uh, i should say it's a uh, great stuff and uh, i believe uh, it has to be us who are going to deliver the africa or all the economies that we always aspired for so you guys are really uh, doing great thank you thank you thanks for for those kind words of encouragement i mean it, being in the entrepreneurship ecosystem we need to kind of encourage each other at all times and that's that's how we all kind of move forward collectively paul before we jump into zofi cash and 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 more details and some fun conversation tell us a little bit about your background who who is who's paul where does paul come from what has paul studied right okay uh thank you well i am um, i like to define myself as uh, as a hustler and um the reason as why i decide I, i i i like going by that is because um i've i never got a chance to go to university so when people ask me what did you study what do you do i i i, I didn't go to university but i am uh educated i am a trained journalist um between 2000 and uh, 2000, 2000 between 2007 and 2012 i uh, practiced journalism i trained to um, um report news and uh, i was lucky to find a job at uh, one of the best uh, uh, media houses in uganda that was uh, capital radio and but going back i am uh, 37 years of old of age i was born and raised in a, a small village in uganda called mitiana 
I am uh, the firstborn. Uh, I have uh, about four siblings, so it makes us about uh, five kids. Very cool. So not going to university, you're not complaining, right? No complaining, no regrets. But I like working with people who have been to universities. The only thing that I miss is uh, I'm telling those uh, university crazy stories. But uh, some of them have allowed me to uh, share their stories as uh, my own. So sometimes I share theirs. Sometimes it's it's fun not having gone to a university or or, or a formal formal uh, higher education or post secondary kind of education. It it probably makes you stand out differently as well or or look at life with a with a different lens. Paul, what you're building with with Zofi Cash is is super interesting because each one of us who's probably ever worked for someone and drawn a salary at the at the end of the month, we always face this problem: the problem of running out of money before the the next check is due. So Zofi Cash is is probably solving a problem which everyone would love. Can you tell us a little bit about the the backstory of of Zofi Cash and and what made you think of of Zofi Cash? Right. Um, thank you so much. Um, so Zofi Cash is actually uh, uh, um, a product of uh, frustration um, uh, in two folds. The first fold. Um, in uh, 2010, when I just had uh, my daughter, I found myself in need uh, to, 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 to uh, buy diapers. And uh, um, my uh, daughter's mom at the time was a first-time mom. So uh, she, she didn't have uh, breast milk. And uh, so I was really in a fix. I needed to, um, to find uh, money to go get a, a formula milk and also to get diapers. And I happened to go to my employer at the time and uh, ask for a side advance so that I could do, be able to, to, to buy those. But uh, he did give them the money and he actually had words on his wall. Uh, I'd never paid attention to them. They were always there, but for some reason that day, I paid so much attention to them and the words were, do not make your poor planning my inconveniency. And uh, that stuck in my head uh, until today. But uh, fast forward, in uh, 2012, I was privileged to uh, move from Uganda to the US. And uh, when I moved there, I found work, started working, and uh, I, got, I was getting paid like every week, like every uh, Thursday night into Friday, I got a notification, hey, am I being paid? And um, with that, I was able to take care of my friends and family. Um, bunch of friends uh, asked me to help them with the money here and there, and I was able to help them. And most of the time, all of them were saying, hey, uh, help me with this money. As soon as I get paid at the end of the month, I'll, I'll pay you. So then I realized that uh, there's actually uh, a, a huge gap in this space. And between you and me, the only reason I was, or the only way I was able to help them, it's because I was getting paid sooner than them. So had I been paid once a month, like they were getting paid, most chances are I wouldn't be able to, to help them. So yeah, that's the, the, the story behind Zofi Cash. And uh, that's the, what we are trying to solve. Like we are trying to help people uh, get paid. People don't have to wait until um, end of month. Yeah, and they, they don't have to hear the, the punchline that you got to hear that your poor planning should not be my inconvenience, which hit hard. Yes, yeah. Hard, right? 
it, it is. I keep imagining like how many people out there deal with this, um, especially single mothers, you know, yep. trying to go through one day at a time, you know. Yeah. For sure. And I think uh, a lot of times when, when, you're, when you're embarking your entrepreneurial journey through personal experiences, which, which is kind of a challenge or a problem that you've faced firsthand, I think it, it, it not only does it hit hard at times, but you're able to kind of bring out the, the empathy because end of the day, if you look at entrepreneurship, it's about being able to put yourself in someone else's shoe and having that, that level of empathy, which allows you to, to solve for a problem. I mean, a lot of times we keep looking at entrepreneurship or, or a venture as a product or a service. But in effect, I mean, each one of us who is, who is an entrepreneur is solving someone's problem. And if you're able to either be in that shoes or put yourself in someone's shoes, I think the, 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 the level or the quotient of empathy, which, which kind of allows you to, to innovate or build a solution, I think uh, it, it, it relates better to whoever your, your target audience is. So to, to draw inspiration yeah. from your life experience and to build, I think uh, that's, 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 that's good stuff. So Absolutely. Do, do you see this as, uh, and I'm sure, I mean, given the, the size of the continent, I mean, one point, close to 1.4 billion people, when people talk of tech startups and, and, and companies and scalability, I'm sure that you are massively scalable. We, we are. We are very scalable, actually. Right now, as I speak, we can deploy Zofikash in uh, close to 10 markets. Today, uh, if we had enough uh, money, I mean, scaling is all about having uh, enough money for you to take you to those markets. I can guarantee you we can be live in Rwanda, we can be live in Kenya, we can be live in Tanzania, we can be live in Ghana, we can be live in uh, DRC Kong, we can be live in uh, Nigeria, and of course Uganda, we are, we are live already, we can be live in, uh, um, in uh, Cote d'Ivoire, we can be live in Zambia, we can be live in Malawi, you know. It's, the thing is, uh, this is a problem, not just to Uganda, we are we, we where we started off but it is a problem that uh everyone everywhere on the continent they they, they are faced with actually right now if someone asks me what is zovikash doing the simple answer that i tell them is we are taking this continent from being a one pay cycle continent to more frequent pay cycles okay yeah. You just rattled, you just rattled off like 11, 12 countries. The biggest challenge with with fintech entrepreneurs, or or fintech in general, uh, is that regulations change as soon as borders change. So implementation of fintechs, even if it is scaling up in in a particular market to enter and enter a new geography, even if it is just across the border, is a is a huge challenge. Do you see yourself as as more of a fintech platform, or or how does how does Zofikash really work? Right. So um, we are a fintech, but um, not just a fintech. We um, well, let me say it like this: um, in order for us to be able to change or to create more uh, pay cycles, we have to be a payroll company. Yeah. We have to do HR payroll to for in order to enable us to do it but because this is a new narration so many people are kind of just getting it right and uh, before anyone else would 
or could put money into what our vision is is we have to use our own money right so we've had to um, uh, bootstrap all the way until when we raised our 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 first round but uh not to go off what you asked um we are if we are an hr offering embedded financing if that makes it a little bit better no of course and, and probably that's the way to to have lower delinquencies or or probably if, i mean the way you put it i think when you're embedding at the at the hr layer and not just looking at yourself as a as a fintech but where you're embedding yourself into the organization it it allows you to probably uh, provide better customer experience because end of the day i think uh, customer experience is at the core of a lot of these things and being someone who is embedded at uh, hr or payroll and you're also kind of being able to kind of uh, uh, help the the employees who want an early salary if you were to to bracket it that way i think uh, yeah. that's 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 perfect uh, medicine to the to the problem so uh, taking a step back to to building zofi cash you identified with the problem uh, several years back uh, through first hand experiences how long did it take for you to go from identifying with a problem statement to coming up with an idea that hey this is how i would want to solve it to a phase where you had something as zofi cash as version 1 how did you take it to market i mean right from your brain to a yeah. product to that first customer what was that journey like right so uh so actually um the initial zofikash uh was uh, supposed to be a marketplace um for money lenders um like where it was supposed to be a place that would bring money lenders all on one platform and then uh would also bring uh people who need access to finances to this one platform But then as we were building um actually we hadn't started building we had to do some market research and uh doing market research is is a uh, is a lesson that I got from building some other startups which didn't work out but while we're doing market research uh we found out that uh money lenders didn't have a good reputation uh which means it could ruin our name like um uh, they if someone went on the app and uh, bought money from a money lender and probably the money lender took their property be like no, no we found this guy on um the zofi cash and uh uh they get screwed as they get screwed you as a business you also get screwed so we had to pivot at uh, just uh ideation uh, stage we said uh, no we are going to concentrate on uh, uh, just dealing with uh, seller advances and, but as we give seller advances we will collect data we we'll learn from our market and then be able to offer uh, uh, more more products and services so ideation uh, this happened in uh, late 2019 um then we did the uh, research that took like about 3 uh, 4 months into uh, 2020 so the real building of zofikash started in uh, 2020 right around uh, may uh we built all the way into 2021 uh but throughout uh, in between that process there was covid uh there was a time when uh, uh people couldn't go to work there was a time there was just a bunch of things we know all what uh covid was all about but um it really also bought us uh enough time to build and fine tune our product 
and uh, we had to make sure that our customer journey is clear you come onto the app as a company tell us what you're doing uh, tell us how many employees you have tell us uh, how much is your wage bill and then we decide how much we give you based on the information that you've given us and if you are an employee download Zofikash, sign up find your employer request for an advance and get the money right there and then so that time we took of building helped us that from the version one that we launched in 2021 this is uh it's coming to two years we've never had to do an update into our app we've never had to do anything change anything it has always been the first uh, version but it has been solid and stable very cool so tell me one thing, uh, for, for a lot of fintechs to actually go to market, so in your case, there is one level of dependency, which is partnering with uh, corporations or organizations, because at the end of the day, you're going to be providing early salary to their employees. But what are the rails that you sit on? What is what is the infrastructure that you sit on? And how easy or difficult is it to, to enter into, into that marriage or that relationship for you? Um, so... The value prop that we take to, to businesses is, I'm going to give you, I have the permission to uh, talk about one of our biggest clients uh, in Uganda uh, called Rigo Paints. Rigo Paints employs over 300 employees, right? And uh, their wage bill is about, uh, about close to 500 million Uganda shillings. If Rigo Paints is going to have to pay or to give salary advances to its employees, it has to stack about uh, about at least a minimum of 200 million shillings every month just to meet their employees' salary advances requests. So when you go to companies like them, um, uh, we tell them that here is what we are bringing on the table. While you've had to keep this money to stack it there, that is if you do, um, but most companies don't even offer that. As a benefit anymore after most especially after covid but if a company has to offer it, it has to stack 200 million right we tell them that you don't have to worry about stacking that money you can put your money to better use to manage your your company to grow your business let us take care of that most of them uh, see it as an advantage but also not just the money that we bring we also bring the efficiency of managing and tracking this before Zofi Cash comes into the picture, most companies, they have a lot of paperwork. Like you have to go grab up for a request, request form, fill it in, take it to your supervisor for approval. If they have like about two or three accountants uh, who are involved in the uh, whole chain, they have to go through all these uh, people to do approvals, right? And uh, most of the time, people have emergencies. But imagine walking into an office and the accountant, for some reason, is not there. You have a sick child in the hospital and they can't see or they can't attend to this child because you don't have money. So you have to probably make phone calls to see if the accountant can come in and approve that salary advance. And uh, for other companies, it actually goes beyond like after the approval, you have to wait a day or two in order for you to get the money. So these are all, all some of the benefits that we sell to the companies. And most of them um, uh, are like buying on, uh, on day one. Now, on the other hand of the employees, for some reason, um, most of the companies that we, we sign up, 
um, uh, we go sign up a company and um, most of the time they make it a policy nowadays that uh, moving forward, if you need a third advance, it's going to either be Zofi Cash or you're not going to get a third advance. So you see like uh, maybe one to five employees signing up to use it. And then before you know the next month, you see another 10 people. Another month, you see 20, 30 people. So over time, you see like you've taken over the entire company using the service so it's it's a win-win for both the employers and the employees got it but but where does where do banks come in i mean because the the biggest i mean i wouldn't call them the the showstoppers or the or the bottlenecks because effectively when you're when you're when you're giving out the advanced salary are you, are you putting it on your books is it a, a bank underwriting it or, or who's underwriting the, the actual money which goes to the, the employees or the workers? Right. So it's actually, from day one, it's been our, our own money as, a, oh. as the founders. Yeah. It's a, I mean, no one believed in the idea when we first started. Today, as I was remembering when uh, I, I, I reached out to one of my friends and told them that, hey, uh, we are going to start giving some advances in Uganda. And he, he told me, you must be crazy. Uh, he knew kind of my financial state status at that time and told me you don't have 10 us you don't you don't even have 10000 usd but you are thinking about giving money so yeah it's been our 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 money um but we've also been uh, lucky to have uh, investors who have uh, believed in the product and uh, they've uh, invested in money which is really helping us now to to scale so when people talk of skin in the game, you have skin and flesh in the game. I mean, if you are a startup, if you are a founder, you are lucky. I don't even know. I'm, I'm yet to find an African startup that got funding at idea stage. You know, no one in, in the markets where we are building, no one is going to give you money if you are just at an idea stage. So... Once you use your money and uh, uh, it's you like putting your life on the line, telling everyone that, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing it with my own money. And if you are lucky enough to grow it and scale it, other people can come in and, uh, and, uh, and believe you, you know, but no one is going to give you money at just an earlier stage. So, Paul, you make a very uh, pertinent and, and very important uh, point here because I think uh, a lot of people when when we or when they kind of start up we almost feel that it's it's our right to do a startup but on someone else's money and yeah. all, of the, all of this talk or all of these things that we in emerging markets that we keep reading about uh, back of the napkin back of the envelope kind of an idea got $250,000 in Silicon Valley and whatnot I think it's in, in emerging markets, whether we talk in the context of Africa, context of markets like India, I think it's unheard of and unseen. So it doesn't it, happen. It doesn't it, happen. It, 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 it is. I've, 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 I've not seen it and uh, I'm yet to see it. Maybe in, the next, uh, maybe in the next few years when we, who have uh, had a chance to, to grow this, maybe we'll start investing in them. But other than that, I don't think that is about to happen in 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 times like this. People who don't, people who have money, they don't part with it that easily either. And money moves in circles. So in, in emerging markets, it's it's a challenge. 
to to find surplus money which can just move hands or or change pockets uh, on on the basis of an idea or whatever so and that's where i think it's it's important that if you if you really kind of have belief in the in the idea that you want to build you need to have the skin in the game build that first exactly project, prove it out and then and then it's not you going asking for money it is money coming after you money chasing you so for that exactly build and put it out so so if if that's that's the way that you you picked i mean you're you're a good example here for for anyone who's tuned in live who is building or probably anyone who's going to hear it on our on our spotify channel when we put it up there that if you are thinking of building do not wait the easiest thing to say is that i have a great idea but if someone gives me money i'm going to go and build it that that money is never going to come and and, and best believe me and best believe me for all like our founders for the most part it's a fantasy at that stage it's just a fantasy that you think that it can uh, become something big and massive until when you get your hands dirty uh, putting your own money and then prove that really this market for what you are building but until then it's just a fantasy so what would be your advice to to founders what is the first step to take to move from that world of of fantasy to coming to the real world how do you how do you traverse that journey right um i think uh being intentional when you are building being intentional about uh the problem that you are trying to solve um doing some uh, solid market research and market research we used to think that it is um uh it is something that is expensive it is like for of course for uh people who have uh, raised uh, quite some amount of money but um market research can mean so much for your business right i advise everyone who's building that if you are going to build build a product that you would pay for right build a product that not just your friends but strangers that you don't know about that you've never seen that you've never met would be happy to pay for you know that's that's validation right because the i mean a lot of times when when you build something and either you're talking to friends and family there are only two outcomes it's it's either someone is going to give a pat on the back and say that even if it's like a shitty idea someone is going to say that go ahead and build it because they don't want to break your heart or if you have like yeah. ruthless friends uh, and, and 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 because someone here didn't go to to university and and doesn't have that circle just for for joke sake but <laughs> the, on the other hand you have people who are your best friends but the moment you talk to them about an idea they are going to be absolutely ruthless and they're going to kick you in the gut saying that this is the the, the worst idea that they've ever heard so there are two experiences yeah. given that yeah. scenario i think if you build go to strangers people who might even pay you like a, a single cent or a single shilling for your idea but who are yeah. your prospective customers i think those are the ones who are going to give you the the real brutal feedback good or bad whichever way it is but that's that, that's probably the only way to to validate your idea and and what are the iterations or or listening to your customers it allows you to build a better product so i think that's exactly that's about yeah exactly and as you build that first product that first mvp if you are lucky enough to find a, a product market fit 
then you'll start learning what other pains your customers have. You, they will start telling you, but hey, what if you could do this? What if you could do this? Right? When we uh, first started Zofikash, it was purely like just other advances, you know? But as, as we've progressed, we're also learning that people have HR problems, people have payroll problems, you know? I kid you not, uh, we ch checked with some of our clients and we found out that they were running payroll of Excel spreadsheets, you know? Welcome to the so, world. Exactly, and that tells us that, hey, if we are going to really like uh, make root into this space, we gotta start building what uh, what our challenges people are dealing with. Um, the other example that I have, um, when we just launched, uh, we always actually uh, keep around where uh, our our clients are. Most of the time, our clients are HR people uh, we, because we are B two B B two C. So HR people get us in, get us into the dog. So we sponsored an HR event, and uh, uh, one one of the participants were uh, a security firm, big security firm in in Uganda, like has over five thousand guards. They told us. Um, we would be happy to use your service but unfortunately it would be too much work for us to um to, to to do reconciliations and everything you know well that told me that if i had an hr and payroll system that these guys could use maybe free or even pay for i could instantly have access to five thousand potential customers you know but there's no way we would have found out that without having our foot into the door, without having our, 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 our first product to prove that there is need for, for, for our, our, our offering. So, Paul, you spoke about facing the problem firsthand, yep. which, led to, which led to probably a, a spark or an idea coming up in, in your mind. Going from idea to a product to solve the problem, you spoke about how do you how did you go about validating it now as the next phase i mean because we're talking entrepreneurship here and and most of the the listeners the the viewers are are going to be founders and people who want to build companies would you want to touch upon the ideal customer profile now the kind of product you have built it it probably is a is a massively scalable product because like we spoke almost everyone who is drawing a salary faces this problem of running out of money before the next check is due so it's, right. it's definitely scalable. But at the same time, given how you have embedded yourself into the HR layer, which allows you to understand the, the customers better who are the, the, the B2B2C part of it, how do, you, how do you define ideal customer profile for what you're doing? I'm, I'm sure that there's a ticket size, which is a sweet spot, which works well for you because it's, it's your own money that you're putting in. And there's only that much that you can do without raising a ton of cash. So as of now, what is your ideal customer profile look like? Right. Um, for Zofi Cash right now, uh, we so when you first okay, ideal customer right now is any enterprise uh, that employs a minimum of ten employees. Um, they have uh, structures in place. They have processes in place. They have uh, HR. They have accountant. They are not a one-man uh, business. When we first started, uh, because we needed to also like uh, get proof of concept, we onboarded everyone like you are a one uh, uh one man business come if as long as you can prove to us that you are paying yourself a salary we'll give you a side advance 
but uh three four months into it we uh, started getting challenges uh, with those kind of businesses so we made it a little tighter so if you don't have 10 employees and above will most time will not give you business or will not do business with you and uh, you must have those uh, processes and procedures the structures in place and um you must have a wage bill that is about at least a, a minimum of 10 million UGX. Minimum of 10 million? Yeah, you I'd like okay. at least your employees must be paid at least um, uh, t like when you when you when you sum up all your uh, wage bill, it should come up at least 10 million U UGX. Okay, so that that's how you define the, the, the micro small medium enterprise or the the, the total kind of payroll of the month should be 10 million UGX? Correct. Okay. And what, what have individual ticket sizes been like? I mean, is it just the, the, the monthly salary or people draw less or more or how does it work? So normally uh, when we onboard a company, we ask them um, how much is your total wage bill? So every company at Zofikash starts out at 30%. So if your employees uh, are paid up to 10 million UGX, we'll give you up to uh, 3 million UGX. But if you build good uh, payment history with us, then we can bump it up to 50%. Okay. So, okay. 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 Yeah. And is it, uh, uh, do you fall under some, some specific kind of uh, regulations? Uh, due to which you have kind of drawn, drawn this as a threshold or is it on the basis of certain calculation or, or even uh, uh, whatever little I know, I mean, even the, the ILO uh, has, has certain specification in terms of uh, borrowing and, and even organizations kind of, there is only certain percentage of the overall payroll that can actually go as a loan. So do you fall under specific How is it? Yeah, it is. that is actually the case even for Uganda. So an employee's uh, uh, paycheck, uh, you as an employer, you can't deduct more than 50% of an employee's uh, paycheck. So uh, that's the reason as to why we, the maximum that we can also do is uh, 50%. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So we have covered a few things. We have talked about idea. We have talked about validation. We have talked about uh, uh, going to customer or, or taking the product live. We have talked about ideal customer profile. I'm sure that Paul didn't do all of this by himself. Uh, any co-founders or, or early members along with whom you, you built uh, Zofi Cash and, and what was that experience like? Where do you find these people? Uh, did you hire them? Did you start the idea or the, the ideation process together? So what was the, the founding team look like? Right. So I do have a co-founder and uh, he's uh, my CTO. Uh, I keep telling he's is probably one person that I've fought with the most in uh, in my life. But again, uh, me and him have uh, created came came up with a with a with a brilliant idea. Um, so yeah, I do have a co-founder who is who happens to be our CTO. But also, I also do have a great team. Um, we are up um i think like about 15 uh, 16 people uh, about seven full-time and uh, the rest are consultants that we uh, hire on a need basis and actually for the most part most of them are, are consultants who are actually experts in uh, different disciplines because you know it's expensive like a uh, to say like have a lawyer working for you full-time it's expensive to have like uh like different different uh, um, 
different uh, uh, job descriptions uh, that hire that that require experts uh, are expensive and uh, we haven't been uh, in that in that space yet where we can afford to have them like on a full time but uh, we most of the most of most of the time our approach was let's get them put them on a retainer so that we have access to them anytime we need to talk to them no of course i mean it's in in the first place i mean having a, a co-founder with skill set which is not exactly mirroring what your skill sets are i think that's that's super handy that's number one but also like you said yeah. right i mean it's not always about uh, just keeping on hiring people because uh, at at some point you can't just hire everyone full time so you need to have a model which is hybrid or flexible in such a way that you have full timers you have part timers you have consultants because uh, at the end of the day i mean at least the business that you are in and and many regulated businesses so whether it is healthcare whether it is education whether it is financial services i think lawyers and accountants play a very important role in in many businesses and and lot of times yes. their their importance and relevance is either undermined or we do not take it seriously i mean we go to mr google and download a lot of stuff and we create yeah. templates and what but having that that mr legal man or miss legal woman i think it's it's very important because uh, having a, a professional pair of eyes to look at your documents is going to save you from a lot of trouble so investing yes. in that is, is important it 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 does help a lot actually um even when as 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 you are scaling or as you start attracting uh, um like a uh, uh, vc funding that one of the things especially for the stages of our businesses the first thing that uh, these people invest in is is the team they want to make sure that you have a team that is going to deliver on the on your fantasies on your promises or uh on on whatever that you're promising them on that promised land that you you're telling them that you're going to take them they have to make sure that you have a solid team to make you get them there awesome so so paul you you guys have raised a little bit of money as well right it's what you have raised about a million dollars yes uh we have raised a total of 1.1 1 1 million 110 us dollars um so far and who who have you raised from and what has that journey been like and when did you start that journey because like you like you said up front it was initially your your skin in the game you guys were kind of putting in your own money at what stage did you think you were ready to raise money and who did you raise from and how did you identify them right so actually uh when we started from day one and um we were intentional about like we are going to get into this space but uh, the money that we have to bootstrap this can only take us so far so we were uh like once we launched we knew that we had to raise money so everything that we're doing was well aligning with uh, preparing us with raising so from day one as we as we launched the business we were i'm not going to say we were ready to raise but we were uh, 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 asking and looking out for opportunities for us to raise so the first uh, investment that we got came from an accelerator program um out of uh, europe um based in estonia it's called uh, startup wise guys uh, they invested in us and um the investment was actually for me it was 
more than money because it uh, prepared us, it got us ready, it got us to start having conversations with uh, investors, you know. They helped us to fine-tune our business, they helped us to fine-tune our business model, they helped us to fine-tune our marketing strategy, they helped us to basically like take the business away from being uh, like, a, like, a, like a fantasy, for lack of a better word, but they helped us make sense, make business sense of our business. So uh, we raised from them about uh, 65k. But with them, uh, they introduced to uh, they introduced us to their network, investor network, where we were able to raise uh, from an angel uh, about uh, 45k. And then um, that helped us to 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 build on, but. The conversations kept going with uh, with uh, different investors, and uh, recently we closed our uh, we closed around um, from uh, Advancely. Advancely is a Nigeria-based uh, VC firm that typically uh, focuses on uh, businesses like ours, which are we, uh, which are in uh, micro lending space. Got it. You touched upon a few things here. You spoke about startup wise guys you spoke about the accelerator you also spoke about angel uh for the benefit of of the audience who have tuned in live or or some who may choose to listen to it later when we put it on a spotify page uh what what has your experience been with angel investors and accelerators and and how would you differentiate that and why should or at what time should a startup look at an angel investor and when should or why should they consider getting into an accelerator program Right. Um, I think when we, when you are just starting out as 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 uh, as a as a founder, there's so many. I think actually, like ninety percent of everything is going to be grey. Uh, uh, like even if, if, even if even if I knew where I wanted Zofi Cash to be, even if I knew which directions I thought were the good directions, were the right directions to take, they weren't good enough, right? And uh, uh, looking out for uh, accelerator programs and these opportunities, they helped us to make us uh, investor ready. Like I said, they helped us to fine tune our business model. They helped us to fine tune our financials. They literally looked into everything. They looked into our legal, they looked into everything. And the good thing is, um, as this was happening, I made sure that each and everything we're going to take part in in the accelerator program i made sure that whoever that manages that or handles that on 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 my team took part for example if we were going to talk if they were going to teach us about marketing i made sure everyone on, on our marketing team took part in it if it was going to be something about legal i made sure that the legal person attends it if it was going to be something about tech i made sure that everyone on our tech team was involved and they learned because as a person i could only learn so much and for the most part i couldn't uh, be the same person to execute all of those yeah so i think um as 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 a, as a as a startup founder you need to be intentional about uh, the moves that you make when you're at the early stages of your business like have everyone that you are running a business with involved, like let everyone know the direction that you're taking as a business, let them know why you are doing what you are doing. It helps a lot. Like today, I kid you not, I am comfortable for my marketing team to speak to my investors. 
if they are going to talk about anything with marketing. I'm comfortable with our legal team. I'm comfortable with our tech team to speak to anyone about our business. And that couldn't have been possible if we, I, if I didn't involve everyone to take part in all these uh, uh, trainings and access program that we took part in. Yeah, I think that's that's very important as a as a message that you that you that you pass on that you share from from experience because a lot of times if information is is retained in silos and it could be anything it 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 doesn't just have to be about the the broader business model but also the communication or the language that you use uh, probably the the way you interact with whoever your stakeholders are i think uh, more often than not if uh, teams are on the on the same page and you have the comfort that whoever is representing your organization is going to speak the the same language it doesn't matter i mean what functional role or profile that that individual is in i think that's probably a, a sign of an organization that is having a good leader and it's is is empowered well enough because otherwise a lot of times people want to kind of retain stuff to themselves and god forbid comes a time where you are unable to kind of meet a particular client or a partner or a stakeholder and and you have to send someone else or someone else yeah. has to be there you are in a in a in a bad position because you don't have that, yeah. that person who is who is empowered or who probably can represent you in the in the right way so yeah right. every every everything including so i made sure that everyone on on the team whether they were in legal whether they were in finance first of all they could sell or talk to every customer like if it came today if you call zofi cash no matter who picks up the line, whether they are in the dev space, whether they are in marketing, they are able to walk you through whatever challenge that you are having. You know, I think it is it is very 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 important as as you build. They say that startups are only started with generalists, but only scaled with uh, experts. But as a generalist and as a founding team, you I think it is important to make sure that uh, they have every aspect of your of your business under the belt. Great. So what next for Zofi Cash? Right. Uh, I've actually, uh, so right now I'm in, I'm in Rwanda uh, to attend the inclusive uh, FinTech uh, forum. And uh, most of the VCs that have been meeting, that's the question that they've been asking. So here is where we are standing as a company. Um, even when we didn't have enough money to meet our, uh, our, our clients need, we never stopped marketing because we knew that that is going to come when we can meet their, the expectations. We been able to onboard, uh, all is, uh, a little over 20,000 employees and uh, a little over 1600 companies. And on average, we are seeing a company bringing us about 20 people. So we have quite a number of people on our waiting list that have been actually on the waiting list for so long so we've been right now uh, since our race been taking care of those that have been waiting for so long so uh for the next at least uh six to 12 months we're just going to be in uganda but um in the background we are working on our market expansion plan uh, we are looking at either uh, going to um, markets like uh, Dearest Kong, uh, we are looking at uh, Ghana, and uh, probably Kenya. 
very cool give 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 the guys at hindsight ventures a shout out if you if you need help and we could we could play a role uh, working with founders like you should be fun for sure and if you can tap into any of the networks that we have built uh, consider it uh, yours as well you you made yourself available on a on a wednesday night to to share your your knowledge and experience to the community of entrepreneurs and founders that you're bringing together so we're thankful to you and that's probably the least that we can we can offer i would now like to open up the floor so we have had a good audience and i think we still have like 34 of them this is probably by far the the largest in terms of live audience tuning in on on wednesday night listening to a founder so i would like to open up the floor uh, you can you can request to speak i'll unmute you and we can probably take a couple of questions so paul is fairly engaging so i'm sure that we'll get out some good good answers for our for you guys as well so who's who's wanting to ask a question yeah don't tell me we don't have questions i thought i saw a couple of raised hands when we were actually having the conversation <laughs> anyone with questions go for it emmanuel Yes, hello, Ajay. Can you hear me? Yes, you're audible. Okay, great. Uh, I also see Safe Border or Safe Car has a question, so maybe you also let them in and, and I just ask my question. Uh, yes, Paula, thanks a lot uh, for your insights. I see everyone was really in love with your story. I was just checking on my WhatsApp and everyone is just saying how your story is superb. Yeah, I just have three things that I wanted you to elaborate on. <clears throat> <clears throat> yes, had, sure. Yeah, I just had three things I wanted you to elaborate on, and uh, the first thing is the one of the last things that you mentioned is you mentioned something regarding when you are startup founder. It's better when you start as a generalist and then scale as a specialist. I would like you to expand more on that and what are the advantages? You know, if you are a person, okay, you're not. you're not a developer you're not a marketer but you almost know everything if you are an all-round person but you're a founder how do you go about that are you self to where would you want to devote your your time to as you know you're assembling a team and then the next uh, the next one is is something regarding with the raising of capital or finances one of the issue we've been discussed with ajay is uh, the element of trust because i believe as you mentioned maybe raising money at the end of the day you people invest in your team so are there things that to you you think that are the tipping stone when it comes to someone trusting you because yeah there's no doubt that i could tell maybe you're a great storyteller that people could really relate with your story that they could understand the business you you into and how it could move but what are the those things because uh, every time you know when we are talking or in discussions you understand you realize that the biggest issue with people when someone is going to invest in your business be it an angel investor could be giving small capital why aren't people doing that the answer is trust i can't trust this person i can't trust the business what's your response to that and how can like what 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 are your thoughts on that and then the last one is uh, 
when you talked about raising more than one million and I remembered first when you the space had started, you mentioned something that no one is willing to invest their money in an early stage founder. So my question is, and uh, what are your thoughts on edge? Is edge directly proportional to how much money you're willing to, to raise? Yeah, because I, I think as a re- research I read by MIT, founders relating to most successful entrepreneurs above the age of 35, the minimum who have raised like good funding and have set up successful ent- enterprises, uh, the median age is around 35, 38 years. <clears throat> so what are your thoughts on that? Especially, it's an interesting one, especially when you know most of us think that you need to invest in the youth, they have the capacity for creativity and things like that. Yeah, thank you so much. That's, 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 those are my three questions. Oh, thank you, Emmanuel. So, should, yeah, I guess I'll answer Emmanuel and then maybe we could take on uh, more questions. So, uh, first question, scaling with specialists. So, it's on rare occasions that uh, you'd find uh, startup founders who are the best of all the experts in whatever uh, problem they are trying to solve. Uh, I'll give myself as an example. We are running a finance and technology company, right? And as you mentioned, I'm not a developer. I always tell people that uh, I can't even write the word hello. You know, when you're starting to code, that's the first thing that everyone learns, right? But I can't even write that. On the other hand, I also have limited um, limited uh, expert knowledge when it comes to finances but i had to understand the basics of what a good product looks like right or what should our customer journey look like how should our customers uh relate or interact with our technology i had to know it as a journalist right but time is coming whereby i can't make the sole decisions on running the business and that's where uh because i mean uh, uh, people have trusted us with with money and it's quite an, a lot of money so you need to have people who speak that language you need to have people who understands uh what it means to manage uh a million US dollars uh the most that i've been able to manage is about a hundred and a hundred thousand usd you know so as you are building, yes, it's okay. You don't have to know anything, but time has to come and you must have the plan in place that when my business reaches this kind of stage or when my business reaches this kind of revenue, if I'm not uh, a financial person, I shouldn't be the one managing this. Or if you are building like, let's say, uh, electric or electronic uh, uh, kind of solution and you're not an engineer, you have to know that at a certain point, you are going to need an expert in that field to run that. Now, once you have that, that's when people will start trusting you with their, fi- with their funding. Other than that, I highly doubt that anyone will, 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 trust, will trust you with their funding. And it, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for you not to be the, 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 the most wise person on your team. I always tell people that I work with the most smartest people. 
very actually like extremely smarter than me like i would never know how to uh, write uh, copy right for when it comes to our marketing i would never know how to write code i would never know how to do legal stuff because i'm not a lawyer but uh having that at the back of our mind that at this point we are going to need a lawyer like i mean if you're going to start to do um investment conversations there's a lot of uh, uh, uh legal work that is involved if you're not a lawyer how are you going to speak that language you know you are going to need to have on your team and it is okay it should be okay uh for you to share that cake with the experts if you think you are going to build that business and you want to own a hundred percent of it i don't think it's a good idea like those days are long gone whereby our fathers and great parents started businesses and they own them a hundred percent you know have a good idea bring on people give them share share equity with them let them know that they are building something that at one day they are going to proud they're going to stand up and proudly say that they own it so yeah um about raising um it it is uh trust of course but um you must have that trust has to be backed by uh by by what you've built like you must have a good product and a good product for the most part is defined by having people paying for it or people willing to pay for it but uh without like i said without a working product it is going to be very hard for you to raise money in our in our markets and the last question about age uh if it is directly proportional to raising again i think this for me um i would say what is going to dictate if people are going to invest in you first of all is you having a, a good team a solid team that can run the business with or without you also uh having a good a good product and uh there's no way you have a good product if you don't have good brains behind it having a good product is is never out of fashion and i'd now like to invite uh, someone who's joined in from the safe border official handle uh, please you can go ahead with your question I I thought we saw a raised hand from from Safe Border. Uh I've I've given the the right to to ask a question or to be on stage. If you have a question please go ahead. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak and it's my first time here today. My name is Edna. I hold this uh, handle and I'm a founder uh from Nairobi, Kenya. I started off uh an idea, business idea or a fantasy 
to help the youth prepare for future jobs. It's been a tough journey since 2018, a lot of fingers burnt. And so I like the topic on, you know, using your own money. And I have been that. I, I tried to put together a team that didn't work. I have the service. I have the products. I have the plan. I just don't have the money. So I'm still looking for people who can believe in the idea and uh, fund me. But in the meantime, I'm doing what I can in with what I have, which is very limited to some extent. So my question is, you know, how can I connect to people who could probably motivate or encourage somebody like me in this idea that I'm building? Right. Uh, thank you. Um, I, I'm sure we've all heard how um, lonely and um, challenging uh, building is. There's so many days that you're going to wake up and uh, question your sanity if you are really like normal, you know. I think um, it. I would advise uh, for you to shoot for finding a co-founder. Um, instead of just looking for employees, I think um, I would advise try to find someone who believes in, um, in, the, in the product, someone who has the same vision as you, right? If you are not able to find that person, it is going to be uh, a little bit harder for you to go to the next, next level of, of, of your business. So um, yeah, try to network, go to uh, networking events, um, most likely you'll find someone who can uh, uh, believe in the product. The other day I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, he told me since you raised money, you need to come and start uh, paying for ads on our space. And, uh, but he didn't say it outright like that. He said that um, uh, crossed mouths never get fed, you know? So open up about it, share it with your friends, share it with people. Maybe someone will come in and uh, 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 work with you. Once you get that space, you know that when a day is bad, there's always going to be someone to hold your hand and move with you, you know? Once you cross that, then eventually maybe you'll start uh, uh, finding more people and more people. And within those, uh, be maybe able to find even uh, potential investors. But yeah, having uh, a, a co-founder, I think it is very, very, very important and very, very uh, crucial at the stages of our businesses. Paul, thank you so much for, for making time for us on a, on a Wednesday evening. We have, we have had you with us for close to an hour. It was it was an engaging, free reading chat, and you also made time to to take some of the the questions that the audience had. So, thank you so much. It was wonderful uh, talking to you. Uh, we we hope to engage with you as we as we go on as well. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you, thank you for that, and for for the folks who have who have tuned in today live. I think uh, this was kind of a lot of experience coming from Paul, which many of you would, would benefit from. So feel free to, to reach out 
to to Emmanuel, my colleague, or or ourselves. Uh, drop in a DM, and if you want to have a chat with Paul, uh, we'll take the liberty to to make a connect. Uh, with that, I'd like to wrap up today's conversation, episode nine of Founders Fifty Two. Uh, like I said, this is an endeavor of of hindsight ventures to bring in founders who have been there, done that, uh, building a company, raising money, uh, getting into new markets, making the first big hire, acquiring their first customer, sharing all those those experiences, which will which will inspire many more founders in in the African continent to to take up entrepreneurship. Uh, we are here every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. East Africa time, chatting with one rock star founder. Like today, we had Paul. We have several more lined up. Uh, Founders 52 is 52 weeks of the year, so one episode every week. We look forward to building this community and and sharing as much information as possible to inspire many more young people, many more folks to actually become entrepreneurs and and solve problems and create jobs in the continent of Africa. Thank you so much for being patient and and being a wonderful audience tuning in. Look forward to hosting you all next Wednesday night, 9 p.m. East Africa time. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity.